And good morning. Welcome into In Focus on News Radio KMAN. Today we get an opportunity to hear from our city officials here in the city of Manhattan. Uh, joining me in studio today is uh, Manhattan City Manager Ron Fear. Good morning. Good morning, Brandon. City Commissioner Yusha Reddy is also here. Good morning. Good morning, Brandon. And Nick McNamara producing things on the other side of the glass, our uh, city beat reporter here uh, on News Radio KMAN. And uh, City Commission has a meeting tonight at 7 p.m. and the, the briefing session at 5 30. Uh, not a lot really on the agenda here tonight, just mostly uh, I, I think it's all consent tonight. It is all consent. A uh, couple of follow-up items, a couple of new items, and we can certainly get into some of those that I think will be of uh, some interest. Uh, kind of a couple of new, uh, new types of activities that are on the consent agenda for approval. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, typically when we're doing these plans and spring breaks and sometimes sometimes we haven't had spring break meetings right. we've postponed those and rescheduled those but it was a uh, commissioners indicated they plan to be here at least on tuesday and so we decided to go ahead and meet and so it is kind of a a lighter agenda for sure and the agenda does have some important stuff on it here tonight of course the the probably the highlight there being the uh the art and light museum uh starbond uh things you bet uh so this is uh uh, you'll continue to hear about the, this project, uh, assuming this passes tonight, which uh, certainly no reason to think it wouldn't. Um, this is the second reading of uh, expanding the Starbond district boundary. So both previously, the previous location had it uh, in the parking lot for uh, the Discovery Center, and then uh, the owners of the facility found a new location uh, and have negotiated for purchase of uh, property within that area and so this is uh, the expanded area is uh, bounded by Third uh, Street on the east Houston Street on the north Fourth Street on the west and Pierce or yeah Pierre Street on the south so not all of that block uh, is a construction zone uh, but uh, they will be uh, uh, the museum will be utilizing the uh, parking lot for town, Manhattan Town Center, which is actually a city-owned lot uh, under a, a long-term lease uh, by the mall. And then uh, somebody mentioned to me the other day I shouldn't refer to something as the old Sears building because a lot of people weren't here when it was a Sears building. So <laughs> That's how I'm showing my age there a little bit and my experience. So it's the uh, kind of tan brick building at the southeast corner of uh, Houston and 4th Street. And the, so one of the things that uh, uh, the museum developers will do is they want to renovate that building to be a, an auxiliary component of the museum. And so I think they're right now they're planning on doing quite a bit of their digital work within that building. So uh, there's a parking lot uh, that is associated with that building on the south side of it. Uh, they also have uh, agreements to purchase it. So uh, between that, that building, its parking lot, and the mall parking lot, uh, that's where the new museum is proposed to be constructed. Uh, once this district boundary has been established uh, after tonight, uh, and we publish that ordinance doing that uh, expansion of the boundary, then we start, uh, the commission will need to consider amending the redevelopment plan for this particular item within the Starbond Star District uh, uh, project area. So. 
they did this amendment for this plan at the old location. So the only thing that's really changing is that they're going to utilize some of an existing building for some of the museum as well, and it's obviously in a new location. So they have done some updates uh, to some of their analysis uh, for that, their visitation, some of the cost estimates. uh, But by and large, it's pretty much the same redevelopment plan except for the added components of renovating the existing building and adding to it at the new location. So, uh, But they do have to formally go through that process. So there's a public hearing that would be scheduled for the first meeting in April. Uh, also, first reading of an ordinance at that time uh, for the uh, redevelopment, adopting the redevelopment plan. And then uh, there's also agreements associated with that. So there's one agreement between the, the city as the owner of the mall parking lot the mall as the leasee of that lot uh, and the uh, museum who is buying the lease out from uh, the mall and also buying the parking lot from the city. So that's all one transaction uh, to that. And then we'll have a separate agreement with the museum itself that will be associated with the city's willingness to uh, issue the star bonds, Uh, The city's not going to have any obligation to repay the debt on those bonds. Of course, the primary revenue source for that is 95% is that state sales tax that's been utilized previously. The state has to do additional analysis uh, once the redevelopment plan is uh, modified. They'll submit that to the State Department of Commerce to uh, get their blessing. Uh, We've had some preliminary blessings by the Department of Commerce for the project uh, and then uh, uh, once those agreements are secured and, and executed, uh, they'll be able to start that process. There is a review as, as it is in a historic district, so there's a review process for uh, the supposed changes within the uh, uh, existing building as well as adding the new facility to it as well. So. Few more hoops to jump through uh, from that standpoint, uh, but uh, I think everybody uh, uh, seems to be excited. Uh, there is some, I think, some misunderstanding a little bit about uh, uh, the project. So this is a private, not-for-profit museum. It's not a city museum. The city will have no responsibility in the operation or maintenance of the facility. The city has no responsibility for repayment of the bonds. The the bond the city will issue the bonds. Uh, but the bond buyer uh, will ultimately be responsible for the debt service uh, uh, on those particular bonds. So there is some utility work that needs to be done. Uh, There's an alley, about a half of an alley actually, that goes uh, between uh, uh, Houston and Pierre Street there off of 4th Street. And so uh, some of those utilities will have to be relocated as a result of that particular project. So there's a lot lot involved there, but... uh, uh, all in all, for a, a redevelopment project, it's not uh, not too significant. Will there have to be any turn lanes added to any of those roads with this project eventually? Should, shouldn't be. So you've got uh, two already signalized intersections on Pierre, mm-hmm. as well as a signalized intersection at Houston. The main entrance, I believe, is going to be off the off of Third Street, off that east side, so where there's a parking. So there's already. Uh, quite a bit of uh, improvements in that particular area. Okay. Uh, Yusha, what's your thoughts on this whole thing? I don't know if we've gotten your thoughts on this yet. No, um, I think maybe we spoke to it last time. I think, you know, the DeBryans have been working on this for some time. And initially they came to us with the 
using the space by the Flint Hills Discovery Center. And there was a, a sense of urgency because of star bonds and they wanted to utilize that. And the thing with star bonds is we can't assume they're always going to be accepted by the state. Uh, for example, when the Bill Snyder, they were going to build a museum, a Bill Snyder museum, and that was denied because they didn't feel it was um, appropriate to extend the uh, star bond district that far out. And so they didn't see it as a, a viable a viable project. But this one, I mean, I think the DeBrines are trying to do everything they can, working with everybody as much as possible. They moved it from their first initial plan of having it by the Discovery Center uh, closer to uh, the mall and, you know, utilizing that. And the same issues they had uh, about parking. You know, the reason that they moved it was also because of parking from the that area to the new area. So they still have a lot of work to do. I think it's always good when the community and we have a private investment into this. So there's very little from the public as far as the city investment, as far as dollars involved in this. And it's about a $43 million project. So I think um, even though their estimations are 150,000 visitors, even if we get half of that, we would still be coming out on top. So I think it's always good to give um, give them a chance to be successful. And, uh, you know, the burden of that falls on on them. So we are trying to do what we can to make sure it is successful for the community. I think Manhattan is a great place to have a, a, a different type of museum. And people visit, visit they, if you're a museum goer, you're probably going to go to the Beach Museum, the Manhattan Art Center. You're probably even going to go to the Midwest Car Collection. So you're, this is going to be one of those areas that can be a tourist destination for such things. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see um, how this is going to move forward and help in a way that we can, um, also keeping making sure that uh, their investment is um, is good for the community, actually. So... Such a unique location right there, too, because mm -hmm. you get those travelers coming from, you know, the south, uh, right, right. In, over the bridge. Yeah. And it's right there. So It'll be pretty cool, I think. Mm -hmm. Very exciting project. Uh, some other uh, items here on the consent agenda here tonight. Um, I do see a license here. Uh, this is interesting because it's uh, for the new Casey's store, which is looking mm -hmm. like it's almost open. Yeah, I think uh, this was kind of a uh, last-minute ad. Uh, they called and said, uh, we, th they th we think we're going to get our occupancy permit. <laughs> so uh, we'd like to get our Sergamalt beverage license on there. So uh, they did and uh, got everything in order. So I think they are getting pretty close. Yeah. All right. Um, and then some other items here that uh, we should note. Sure. Uh, item E there is uh, – uh, for the commission to authorize being part of the municipal investment pool for the state of Kansas. So uh, we have been in part of that pool in the past. Uh, Manhattan is uh, one of about a half a dozen cities in the state that has expanded investment authority from the state of Kansas, uh, to be able, which is what we've utilized in the past. But uh, uh, Finance Director Rena Neal has noticed that actually the municipal pool group, uh, which uh, we were part of before, uh, has actually been yielding better interest rates than than what we've been able to obtain other places. So uh, she's asking the commission to have us be reinstated uh, in that particular group, but keep our additional investment pool authority also, so that we can kind of take advantage of uh, where where we can find some of the best. Uh, most of these are very short term type of investments uh, from some of the city's uh, excess cash balances that we invest that. Uh, uh, 
we can uh, determine. Obviously, some of the utility accounts can be a little bit longer, uh, some of those reserves, but uh, uh, it's just another tool in our investment toolbox uh, for us to have. Probably another uh, item of note is our uh, traffic uh, expansion, and this is a uh, this is a request for proposals uh, that we're seeking from the commissioners to develop a traffic systems master plan. Uh, and this is really to take a hard look at our uh, traffic control system network. Uh, we have a traffic operations center uh, down along the city facilities on Fort Riley Boulevard. However, it's not a what you would call it's called a passive traffic center. So. Uh, game days in Manhattan. We can put folks there and staff that and, and monitor traffic flows. Uh, uh, RCPD has individuals that can come down and, and help with that as well. Some of, those, some of those intersections can be controlled from there. Others need a physical person at each of those. Uh, it just kind of depends on the technology and how old it is at particular inter intersections. So one of the analysis is to look at that facility and what are the upgrades necessary to make that more of an active traffic control center? And should that be done? It's kind of a, you've got this facility. Would you, what would be the benefit cost analysis on, on staffing that on a regular basis to help with traffic flow movement? The other one is just a really uh, substantial analysis of entire uh, traffic signals. There's over 150 traffic signals in the, in the city. Um, some of them vary in age. Uh, we have several of our older ones that you've seen wires hanging because the signal poles have fallen down or been blown down. And uh, anyway, the uh, this this analysis will look at uh, the the what I call the brains of those facilities. <coughs> Excuse me, those allergies are out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> So the, so the traffic control boxes at each center, you, they're not – some places they're more visible than others. But those are the, those are the systems that, that operate and communicate with different locations uh, in the, in the, within the system. And some of those are individual intersections that perform independent of anything. Some of them where you have them closer together, they talk to each other, uh, and they're – a lot of things that some of the newer technology with optical uh, imaging with the cameras where that video detection is analyzing, okay, there's three cars that want to go left here, but there's 30 that would like to go straight on each side. So are we going to wait, make those 60 wait for those three cars on each side to turn? Uh, or are we going to give them some priority to pass, uh, pass along first? So having that Flexibility to manage that traffic is one of those things. If you've been in larger cities, you've seen more of the uh, – in that left-hand turn light, you've seen an, a yellow flashing light. I hate those things. Which, mm -hmm. which basically is saying there's not enough cars in this left turn lane. Most of the cars want to go straight. So are we going to make 60 cars sit here and burn exhaust to let these three cars go first. I know you have a habit because that's just been the way it works. The, the left-hand turn has always gotten the priority before you let the, the big troops go through. Um, so those are, those are a lot of the analysis. They'll take a hard look at our system. Uh, in order for those systems to communicate effectively, a lot of times we need to have fiber in the ground mm -hmm. to connect all of those systems. Uh, 
Wireless can work in some locations. Sometimes that doesn't work as well unless you have fiber. So that's kind of called the intelligent transportation system. That ties back to our, our control center, uh, but it also can tie to signage. You see the signboards in larger cities, accident ahead, might want to reroute, that type of thing. So going to Fort Riley, for example, uh, Ogden Gate has a wreck, it's closed, uh, use Henry Gate. That, those kinds of analysis and message boards, or even the newest technologies, you can get that message right on your screen in your vehicle. Uh, as opposed to a board on the side of the road. So it's really a comprehensive look at our traffic system and, and what, kind of in, what kind of shape is it in. Like, for example, I know there's certain certain intersections that, like Browning and Kimball, uh, Denison and Anderson, Sunset and Anderson, 14th and Anderson, and those are new lights at 14th and Anderson, but we don't have all the parts yet. There's still some parts out there on a, on a boat on a – on a, on a box being shipped. So right. there's, some, there's some supply chain issues, even for repair parts, uh, that uh, are tough to come by. And so when we don't have those parts to keep that system operating, then we have to put it in default mode, which runs, you know, it's giving you a left-hand turn to begin with because there's, and there's no vehicles in it <laughs> <laughs> because that's the only thing it can do to function uh, somewhat properly. So all of that will be analyzed by the consultant and come back with some recommendations uh, for improvements to the system. Uh, you know, the, there's some corridors that uh, have software that's 15 years old. It's no longer supported. Uh, that's quite a that, – that Anderson corridor from sunset to clear to 11th is one of those corridors. Mm -hmm. Uh, that system is uh, was a was a state-of-the-art when it was installed. It's now very old and, and – uh, uh, not very well supported. So replacing that with a better brainchild, if you will, that uh, uh, will analyze and run that system uh, ideally independently, uh, and that's, that's where we'd like to do. So you don't need somebody uh, in an operations system to, to be able to detect it because that, uh, obviously that staffing cost can, can be expensive. So those are, those are just some of the aspects we're asking the commission to uh, uh, see what uh, we can get for uh, obviously traffic engineering is kind of an expensive component too can't really afford to have our own traffic engineer uh, within the city and uh, so we rely on consultants to help us uh, analyze and design future systems all right we're going to take our first break on the program with our city officials here on news radio kman stay tuned and focus continues after this